I'm travelling the country to find out for myself. Include the word halal on their shop front. There's no evidence halal certification money is funding terrorism. Not be given an immigrant visa. We need to boycott. Halal stuff sure sounds pretty scary. He is a threat, but he's not a threat, but he could be a threat. People see it as simply anti-Islam. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Keeping It Halal, the podcast. It's our second episode and we are thrilled to be back here um, in the studio with me is Imam Ahmed, who was with me in the last episode as well. And we discussed a lot of really, really fascinating things. And we want to thank all of our listeners for listening, giving their wonderful feedback, and also helping us shape the narrative and helping us better understand what you want to be listening to. So we thank you for joining us today. There's lots that we're going to be discussing in this shorter episode. Everything from this growing increase in sexual harassments, including the Me Too movement and what this means for all of us. The royal wedding just took place. We're going to dissect a little bit, you know, talk about the race factor and and a lot of other components that uh, became very much apparent as from this wedding. We'll take a sharp right curb and go to the east, look at what's happening in the most recent development in the Korean Peninsula. We'll take a quick hard break, come back to the U.S. and look at what's happening in the NBA. We have a big Game 7 later today. Um, multiple Game 7s between Golden State and Houston. And of course, the second Game 7 of Boston versus LeBron James. We're going to also take a quick peek over in Sialkot, Pakistan, where a mosque was desecrated and demolished. Um, and we'll finish off by getting an update of what's happening with Ramadan. We'll take a quick break, go to our sponsors, and then we'll continue. This episode is brought to you. This episode has been brought to you by... We don't actually have any sponsors. So we'll continue. Um, let, talking about just the recent developments of what's happening yesterday as I uh, was watching the news, it was a remarkable sight to see Harvey Weinstein in handcuffs being taken in to a New York courtroom. And Harvey Weinstein, of course, as we know, isn't the only one. Very recently, Bill Cosby was convicted. Um, there are other very high-profile cases that have um, rocked uh, the, the uh, political scene, the business scene. A lot of executives are being affected. You know... Um, Mom Emma, has as you and I, we've been watching the news and we were just having this discussion. It's a it's a remarkable development in the last two years, really, where all of this is just kind of manifesting itself. Oh, that is correct. It seems like uh, it is an epidemic and it's been happening for quite some time and people have been quiet about it, especially the women. Um, so uh, it's been if you look at it, it's been happening at every level uh, from from you could, uh, you know, in the news media world you could see there there are many people many influential people uh you know uh, being charged and i mean being accused for sexually harassing women and you know what's what's crazy is that not only is does it seem to be systematic there's so much deep cover-ups that are going on from their staffers like it's everybody who's been convicted it turns out that it was almost as if everybody already knew this was going on and when when you become silent and and so you become part of this because you're not speaking against it. You're complacent. Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, 
it's been happening in the news media world it's been happening in in the political world i mean talk about uh, the the president of the most powerful country uh, groping women and you know there were so many allegations against him and and multiple women exactly and and uh, right here at home don meriton one of the senators in in canada he was he was charged uh, for for sexually harassing a, a an underage woman so mm-hmm. it's it's truly sad that this this has turned into an epidemic and and for years we've been quiet about it and it's it's nice to see women are coming up and speaking against what's happening to them and and we can no longer be quiet about yeah. about this issue and especially this this me too movement uh which has created by women and a lot it's empowered a lot of women to come forward and given them the courage to share their experience um, whether they've been a victim or they have witnessed uh, a victim, this you know there has to be some sort of a proper procedure and solutions that that I think society needs to put in place and it has to go be beyond just laws. Yeah, exactly. I think um, uh, if you look at different religions, um, they teach one lesson, and that lesson is segregation. I mean, if you look at Judaism. So segregation uh, of genders. Exactly, segregation of genders. That if if you look at their synagogues, there is segregation. If you look at uh, Islam, Muslim mosques, there is segregation of uh, different sexes. And uh, Islam uh, even teaches us not to shake hand of an opposite gender. Um, you know, Judaism, they practice the same. They don't shake hand of women. I mean, it's not about discrimination against one gender. It's about practicing our faith, and it's about also keeping us safe from such things. When we indulge uh, uh, openly and freely, these things lead to problems, mm-hmm. and these problems are we see in the in in the shape of uh, secular harassment you know, the, these days. Exactly the same West which has championed or 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 likes to champion free mixing is now having to go back and revisit those notes and evaluating whether or not free mixing has is part of the problem not part of the solution yeah exactly that's why you know his holiness khalifa of islam uh his holiness mirza masroor ahmed the worldwide head of the ahmadiyya muslim community i remember in once um in a in a um in a conference media conference he said that the laws which are written by man they're not eternal laws which are written by god they are eternal because we make something and then maybe years decade after we find that this probably is not suitable to the needs of society hence we should amend it we should change it then that's why there are many amendments to the law but the law which is created by god almighty the creator of human being those laws are are eternal and god knows what's right and what's wrong for us and that's why we when we don't follow it we continue to make mistakes and until we realize it then we have to come back to the same old laws which are mentioned in the in the previous scriptures and you know often people think that such are restrictions on in islam or rather they're not restrictions these are golden principles so talking about rules that are set for us by society uh as compared to following divine rules Let's go to UK for a moment. We witnessed a significant world event 
just a few days ago. It was the royal wedding of a prince and a princess. Uh, that's the fairy tale story that uh, the media presented to millions of viewers, if not billions around the world. Um, it was a, a very jubilant time, I guess, in the UK from what I saw in pictures and videos. And um, it was the royal wedding uh, of the century, as it's been called. So let's talk about that. This wedding um, of of a American with a British uh, royalty. She's she's obviously Meghan Markle uh, is wasn't royalty. She's considered to be a commoner. Uh, marrying a royalty and that's what the story was all about this uh, black uh, woman who's American who's older than than uh, her her soon-to-be husband who was previously married um, is is now going to be the princess and that's what the narrative was uh, very much prevalent and about how there was a black choir that sung uh, at the wedding and um, her black mother who uh, was kind of a leading figure in this wedding and it was all about that as as you know people are in shock that this is actually uh, has 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 um, occurred in in the uh, British royal family yeah to be honest with you Safwan I I didn't follow much uh, but I've just looked at um, a few news headlines and uh, skimmed through a few articles and and you're right that the the whole wedding of, uh, was about this uh, this narrative, uh, you know, uh, bringing back to uh, what Islam teaches with regards to finding a, a suitable couple. Uh, it tells you not to um, not to look at the race, not to look at the age, not to look at if whether the person was previously married or not. Um, you know, it doesn't. Um, in fact, one particular saying of the Prophet. Uh, Muhammad peace and blessing of God be upon him goes on to say that we should not look at these things meaning the 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 age the wealth the the beauty in fact you should look for a, a partner who is who is pious who is righteous so this is what uh, needs to be a focus when it comes to choosing a partner because it's not about it's not about uh, one couple it's about future generation the the children that you will uh, you will bear and 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 the way you're going to train them and how you're going to train them and all so if keeping all these things in perspective the prophet taught us to be to choose a partner who is more pious and righteous here's an interesting figure for you <clears throat> the royal wedding costed 45 million dollars wow one day event 45 million dollars um and most of it was allocated to security. So, you know, talking about just extravagance, imagine what $45 million would do for, frankly, for an entire poor nation you could have fed people for months. Um, but, but when the media kind of projects this image out there of all these fancy cars rolling in and celebrities and, you know, it's all about who's wearing what, and what designers are being featured on uh, the weddings um, uh, walkthrough, and 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 how it's all being set up, it you know naturally once you have found the right partner, as you mentioned, everyone wants to have their own version of a royal wedding, and yes. this sets the expectation or the bar um, that everybody one day you know imagines that 
what it would be like and then and then certainly yes. it turns into a kind of a competitive thing that uh how much uh pomp and 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 celebration can be packed into a wedding yeah exactly and and young um listeners who might be thinking of uh, getting married soon they probably will be trying to uh find their own castle exactly <laughs> and 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 i mean this leads to uh many problems you know uh, when you uh, spend a lot of money on 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 your wedding it's a, it's a two day event uh, or three day event in some cases sometimes it's many events so i mean what it boils down to is that how much can you afford and how much can you, how much you're willing to take the loan because if you want to try to copy something of 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 a royal nature it's going to cost you a lot of money and and, and i mean i assume that after the wedding they'll be curving their um, you know honeymoon as well that you know this is where they're going and this is how much they're going to be spending and they'll be spending you know time in these these countries so naturally those people who cannot afford uh, such a royal wedding they will end up uh, getting loan from their from 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 their banks and you know after the hysteria of marriage goes down they will end up in 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 debt a lot of debt yeah and and that is the case in in sadly most cases simplicity is the key simplicity is the key talking about uh keys um here's a here's a major key that is uh being turned and uh as we look far east on the korean korean peninsula as we mentioned in our previous episode there was a very likelihood of a of a summit about to take place um between us and north korea which was abruptly ended uh, by Mr. Trump, who mentioned that he <laughs> will no longer partake in uh, in such a summit. So that was pretty remarkable. Well, it's uh, it, we it has to happen to so that we can believe it. Otherwise, you know, every day there is some uh, new story that is breaking out that this is going to happen, and the next day they the both uh, the president of both countries they met. So South Korea and North South, Korea exactly. So yeah, so South Korea and North Korea have met. You're right, um, but I, I guess a lot of people were shocked that Donald Trump suddenly canceled the summit um, with 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 a letter. Um, I'll I'll actually read out a quick excerpt, which I thought was a borderline humorous, but I guess this is a very very serious situation for the world. But this is what Mr. Trump wrote to Kim Jong Un. Uh, the letters address His Excellency Kim Jong-un. And I'm going to just skip a few sentences. And it says, You talk about your nuclear capabilities, but ours are so massive and powerful that I pray to God they will never have to be used. <laughs> but wait, the next sentence says, I felt a wonderful dialogue was building between us, you and me. That is hilarious. <laughs> so, <laughs> to be honest with you, it's like two kids. You know, they they are boasting about their toys. Uh, I mean, you're playing with the lives of people. You just threatened a nation, and you have threatened to use nuclear weapon. And you're saying yet yeah, that you know there was this honest dialogue was being built. Uh, come on, I mean, people aren't stupid. You know, it's it's. Uh, it, I think it's actually worse than high school. This is very elementary because I'll actually read another sentence. It says. If you change your mind and want to do this most important summit, please don't hesitate to call or write to me. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I can't make this up. I'm actually reading from the actual letter from the White House on the White House website right and, now. And 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 you're talking about a letter of the president of the most powerful country in the world. Not not just random guy. Yeah. He's is the president. And I I I I can't believe the person or his advisors didn't advise him to to change this letter or maybe tweak it. This this is pretty amateur to be honest. So so as as uh, the reporting goes, uh, Mr. Trump dictated this entire letter himself, every word of it, and and it wasn't actually crafted by some bureaucrat or some you know policy guy working in the state uh, in the state secretary's office. Uh, but nonetheless, very very interesting development. Um, however, it does now appear this after this. Uh, tactic or maneuver or whatever you want to call this letter that North Korea did reach out and said, Hey, we still want to have the summit. So I guess they, they are going to call him or write to him, I guess. Um, after but all, you, when you look at this, the, the, there is so much animosity and hatred, uh, between these two nations that they, this, this hatred is not going to go away just by the stroke of a pen. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, what's fascinating is, uh, Earlier this year, uh, in March, I had the great fortune of being in UK, where I had a chance to attend the uh, a peace symposium, and it was a it was a certainly a remarkable peace symposium in what was shared uh, by the Caliph of of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Jamaat, His Holiness Hazrat Mirza Masrur Ahmed, which I think was prophetic, because he warned about the risks of escalating tension between the U.S. and North Korea three months ago. Let's uh, let's actually listen to uh, what His Holiness said just uh, just a few months ago about this potential summit. In terms of political rivalries, the dispute between the United States and North Korea continues to threaten the peace of the world. And any conflict between the two would also severely impact countries like South Korea, China, and Japan. Whilst it is being said in the past few days that there has been a breakthrough because the President of the United States has suddenly indicated the willingness to meet the North Korean leader. Still, there are no guarantees that peace will prevail. It is not even clear under what conditions they would meet or where and when such a meeting would take place. Even if a deal emerges, God only knows how long it will last, as there is a great deal of hatred entrenched on both sides. Wow, what remarkable words. Um, so, you know, a simple letter saying, you know, call me maybe, um, or just let's have a quick summit. It's not going to do it. It's not going to do it. Um, yeah, so let's see, you know, um, that's that's a big clash. Um, it's going to be a showdown. Another arena where there's a showdown that we're witnessing which has a lot of people on the edge of their seats fortunately um with not nuclear destruction attached to it um, there's a different it, kind of destruction attached to it to be honest i'm telling you <laughs> especially <laughs> tonight especially tonight uh, is the uh, is the nba semifinal playoffs that are happening there's a big game 7 tonight of cleveland versus boston um, or rather, uh, LeBron James versus Boston, as it, as it feels based on the previous game. 
Um, their their second best player, Kevin Love, is out. So it looks like it's going to be even more uh, LeBron James ca- hoping to carry his team, get the stat, to his eighth final NBA appearance consecutively. Yeah. That's that's remarkable. Uh, to be honest with you, James, uh, LeBron James is still strong. And, He's 33 and, years old. 30, but still strong. I mean, look at his points. Uh, game... Game five, um, 46 point. Game six, uh, sorry, game four, 46 points. Game five, 26 point. And last game, game six, 44 points. I mean, talking about LeBron James, look at him. And still going strong. In my opinion, they'll take the game tonight. Uh, well, it's going to be a tough one. And uh, I, I, I have to admit, um, I'm a huge LeBron James fan. I believe he is the greatest player to play the game. Um Matter of fact, I think I I read a tweet somewhere which I think perfectly summarizes uh, LeBron James and uh, somebody mentioned that we should feel fortunate to be sharing the same planet as LeBron James. <laughs> well, that's stretching it, I think. <laughs> you know, what a time to be alive uh, to witness uh, such a wonderful and remarkable athlete. Um, so, you know, regardless of how Game 7 goes, um, I'm certainly uh, rooting that uh, he will um, take Boston Celtics down single Yeah, he always steps up to the challenge. So I think that today we'll see a different kind of LeBron James dominating the game. Hopefully. Let's see. uh, My my Ramadan prayers are definitely going to be with him. But there's another uh, big final, which is uh, is Golden State versus Houston Rockets. Some people are actually saying that that is the real NBA final. Yeah, I've heard of people talking about that. Because uh, they feel that if Golden State wins then neither Boston or Cleveland have a chance. So, but, you know, having fallen in that series, it's been a, it's been quite a series. And I know that the bus. And it's gone to game seven as well. And uh, so it's been, it's, you know, uh, this, this NBA season is, uh, is, is, is folding quite um, entertainingly. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a pretty remarkable final either way. Yeah. And, you know, our condolences, uh, Jets have lost. Yeah, we you were know, talking I'm, about the uh, potentially the only Canadian team to make history, but uh, another year, yeah, another year we can and keep no playing. Stanley Cup. Yeah. So um, that's uh, that's what's happening in the world of sports. Just a few days ago, we witnessed a gut wrenching event which took place in Sialkot, Pakistan, where a historic mosque belonging to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. Uh, which was over 100 years old, uh, was desecrated and the minarets were demolished. And while we heard the voices of many different members of parliament, uh, many different uh, religious communities and groups come out strongly to condemn it. Internationally speaking. Internationally speaking, some brave handful of individuals in Pakistan as well, very few. Um, But it was deafening silent from those same Muslim communities, both in the West and in the East, who so strongly condemn uh, attacks against other mosques and churches and synagogues. You know, it's a it's a very sensitive to- topic, and actually, uh, you know, to be to begin with, we are extremely saddened that you know uh, one, uh, the historic site in Sialkot, uh, our place of worship, mosque of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Jamaat in Pakistan has been desecrated like this and in the blessed month of Ramadan, in the holy month of Ramadan. You know, we were just speaking 
uh, earlier in the show that uh, even times of war, Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessing of God be upon him, did not allow Muslim army to destroy places of worship, be it synagogue, church, or any Absolutely. other place. He, he forbade that. Forbade that. And here we have so-called Muslims claiming to follow the example of Prophet and and desecrating a mosque during the blessed month of Ramadan. So this is extremely sad. On one side, they, they carry out this heinous crime, and on the other side, they say that we're doing this in the name and uh, respect of the Prophet, and they, you know, do the naras, you know, uh, ya Rasulullah, that, you know, here we are at your service, O Prophet of Allah. By, by demolishing a mosque and, and destroying its minarets. That, there you go. So these people have brought um, uh, uh, disrespect to Islam and, 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 and the teachings of Islam because this is certainly not the teachings of Islam that you go out and, and destroy people's mosques like that. In Pakistan, when politicians do speak out for minorities and do speak about their rights, and, and these aren't uh, just minority rights, these are human rights. These are fundamental rights granted by Islam and this is a Muslim country, and they're assassinated for standing up for those same principles. Imam, I noticed something um, that you mentioned, that despite the sad event um, and this historic mosque being desecrated, which was, uh, and it's not just the mosque, but it was also the a, a residential property right next to the mosque, which at one point um, uh, was used as a residence for the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Jamaat, Hadrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad, who occupied uh, that residence, and naturally, it's uh, it's it's heartbreaking when you hear of such an incident. But I noticed when you were speaking, you spoke more about being heartbroken that Islamic principles were were um, um, disrespected and those values were broken over the actual desecration of the mosque. Because you know we can we can build the mosque, but when the when people who claim to be Muslims break the laws or the commandments which are given by the Prophet, it's extremely sad. But, and 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 the fact that these people they 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 think that they're giving a huge favor to Islam, uh, that's also saddening. And the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad Afghadian, um, came to revive the true teachings of Islam. And it's following through following him, we know that this is the teaching of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessing of God be upon him. And, and the government of Pakistan has gone one step further. It's the only government in the world that has passed laws against, uh, against us, meaning that we can't call ourselves Muslims and, and we can't practice our, our faith freely and we can't call our places of worship at mosques. I mean, so these are things that um, are extremely, uh, 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 you know, disturbing. When we tell people they it's if, if they they don't believe that that you know these things are happening in twenty first century. You know, as this horrific attack took place during Ramadan, um, which is a time that we spend as much as possible in prayer, and keeping ourselves busy in supplication and reciting the Holy Quran. Our aim is to finish the Holy Quran within the 30 days. 
Um, so you have 30 chapters, 30 days, and um, it you know it's a sizable book. This time, 29 days and 30 yes, chapters. Exactly. So so you know we will we will use our our prayers um, to remember those uh, in Sialkot, Pakistan, who have been affected. And also, as Ramadan is unfolding here in Canada, um, we've also had an opportunity to meet many Canadians um, who have been intrigued by Ramadan, uh, as as we discussed in our previous episode, we're doing a campaign called Fast with Mu- a Muslim Friend. And Fast with a Muslim Friend campaign has been an ongoing initiative uh, of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Jamaat. This is the third year, and we continue to receive dozens of inquiries. Uh, people have been signing up. They have been fasting uh, with uh, their fellow Muslims across Canada. And uh, we've also had an uh, an opportunity to at- invite and attend various different iftar events. Uh, we've we're going to be hosting many more uh, here in the in the Greater Toronto area. But we've had uh, different iftar events um, in Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. There's one coming up in Milton, um, another one in uh, Montreal, and and onwards. And this is an opportunity for us to share our faith with fellow Canadians. That is correct, and. Uh... I, uh, what was the website again? When it's uh, fastwithmuslims.com where people can go and sign up. That said, this will be all for our episode today. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we want to thank our uh, sponsors because there aren't none. And uh, also, you can uh, listen to Keeping It Halal on SoundCloud, on Apple iTunes, on the podcast app. Just look up Keeping It Halal. I want to thank the Imam for being here in the studio with me. I want to thank our technical manager, uh, Nasser Amutza, for uh, helping us produce this episode. And I also want to thank you, the listeners, for listening. Keep your, keep your feedback coming, and we will keep our episodes coming. Thank you. Peace be upon you. Assalamu alaikum.